Well, our theme for this year has been Arise and Build. Our focus this quarter has been building our faith. Stu has currently been teaching a class dealing with uh, Christian evidences, and I've been able to preach a few sermons dealing with faith. And this morning, I want to preach a sermon that hopefully will continue to build confidence, just remind us of some things that we have with respect to God's Word. We just sang the song that God's Word is a treasure. Indeed, it is a treasure. God's Word is truth. What we have from Genesis to Revelation, indeed, it is the very Word of God. Yet, what you will find around this world is that a lot of people will attack God's Word. And a lot of people want us to believe and think that what we have, we can't really trust in it. That we don't really have the full truth concerning events that have taken place in times past. Our study this morning, if you were here at 9 or if you weren't here at 9, we studied from Acts chapter 12. If you have your Bible, open it up. We're going to study again from Acts chapter 12. Earlier today, we looked at the story and we talked a little bit about Herod. And I want to talk a little bit more about this man named Herod. We saw in Acts chapter 12, however, we were reminded about the power of God, the power of God and why we need to continue to pray to him and why we need to continue to trust in him no matter what we're going through. This afternoon or this morning, I want to focus again in Acts chapter 12 with a little different perspective as we consider some of the events that took place in Acts chapter 12. I asked you or I mentioned to you that, you know, when I read Acts chapter 12, when the saints responded uh, to Rhoda after she said, look, Peter's at the door, they said, you're out of your mind, that, that really stood out to me. There was another phrase that stood out to me or statement or event that stood out to me. Maybe it stood out to you. It was in Acts chapter 12 and verse 23, where Herod, it says, and immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. Because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and died. Did that stand out to you too? That Herod, this man that we're going to read about, this mighty ruler, he he was struck by an angel and was eaten by worms, and he immediately died. Sometimes when people look at this text, they say, "Eh, did that really happen? Can we really be confident that that's what happened to this man named Herod? Well, I want us to know this morning that that is what really happened. That what Luke has given us indeed is the exact truth. If you recall back in our Bible reading, going back to January, back in uh, Luke chapter 1, remember in Luke chapter 1, as Luke was writing to Theophilus, and certainly he's talking about Jesus and who he is and his life, but yet this applies not just to the Gospel of Luke, but also to the book of Acts, because Luke wrote Acts. And Luke chapter 1, remember in verse number 3 and 4, He said, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. I love this passage here because it gives us great confidence. We know that Luke was inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. We know the things that he wrote down. He wrote it out very carefully and he wrote it out and investigated these facts and details and we have the exact truth the events surrounding the life of Jesus all the details that we have in the book of Luke and the book of Acts we have the exact truth and we need to be reminded of that because the Bible is constantly under attack there are times where people will try to look at a certain passage or an event and say well I don't know if that really did happen We need to know that the things that we are reading in the book of Acts, 
Those events really did happen. The things we saw that happened to Herod, my friends, those are the very things that did happen. So I just want to walk us through a couple of thoughts, and I want us to consider some things and hopefully have even more confidence as we talk to others and as we read what we have in the Word, what we have in the word of God. So I want to begin by first talking a little bit about this man named Herod in my margin, and maybe you had this as well in your margin. He's first introduced in verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat him. In the margin of my Bible, it says Herod Agrippa I. And so there are a lot of men that we read about in the first century and even in the Gospels and in the book of Acts who have the name Herod. So it's important for us to distinguish which Herod we are actually talking about here. So we're talking about Herod Agrippa I. And just to give you some details about this man, he was born in 10 B.C., history tells us that, and he died in A.D., 44. We know that he was a grandson of Herod the Great, and we read about Herod the Great back in Matthew 2 and verse 16, if you remember, as he was trying to to kill Jesus and the, the babies that he slaughtered. We know as well that he was a nephew of Herod Antipas, who uh, decapitated John the Baptizer in Mark chapter 6 and verse number 14. We also know uh, just a few things about his son. You look in Acts chapter 25, we see Paul in Acts chapter 25. We're not going to read all of this, but I just want you to take note of this in Acts chapter 25 and verse number 13, that Paul's going to have an interaction uh, with his son in verse number 13. The Bible says, now when several days had elapsed, King Agrippa, so it's not the same one back in chapter 12, but rather his son, Paul is having some interaction, is going to stand before uh, his son, King Agrippa the second. And so what we find here, when you look in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 12, and just looking at history between the two, you have uh, Luke's account and the historical information that he gives us, and you can also look at some other sources and find some more things out about this man. There's some additional information, though, that I want you to keep in mind that Luke shared with us in the Bible reading. You go back to chapter 12, and look at verse number one again. He says, now about the time, that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. So we know what type of man this was. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword when he saw that it pleased the Jews. So keep in mind as you're reading this that all this information is important. The Holy Spirit was guiding Luke with all this information. And so we learn something else with respect to uh, Herod or Agrippa I. In verse 3 it says, When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. What's interesting, when you look at another source, an outside source, like Josephus. Josephus was a Jewish historian. I believe he was not a Christian, and yet he wrote about uh, Jewish history. And he would write about these events that took place with Herod that we see here in Acts chapter 12. We don't have to have his writings to fully believe. We have the word of God. Yet it is, I think, pretty powerful to look at an outside source, and we find some things that help us to see exactly what Luke has already said. And We have what is right and true. What's interesting with Josephus, Josephus said something about uh, Agrippa the first here. He said that this man was very uh, ambitious to oblige the people. And I thought that was interesting because that's what Luke is saying as well, that he saw that it pleased the Jews. And so seeing that he it pleased the Jews with what he did with James, 
then he's going to continue down this same path with respect to Peter. Not only that, but there's something else that I thought was interesting as well. When you look at verse number 3, when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. Sometimes somebody may ask, well, if he had already seized Peter, we know it was the days of unleavened bread, but what's the big deal about that? Why not just go ahead and kill Peter? You already have him. Why not just go ahead and kill him? Well, what's interesting is when you start looking at what Josephus said with respect to Herod, this is what we have in verse 3 and verse 4, that he had seized Peter. It was during the days of unleavened bread. And something that Josephus said in his writings, the Antiquities of the Jews, he said, accordingly, uh, talking about Agrippa I, he loved to live continually at Jerusalem and was exactly careful in the observance of of the laws of his country, which I think is interesting as well, the fact that he's killing people and yet he's trying to to do the right thing according to the law. But nonetheless, what's interesting here, Josephus says he was just trying to, to do what their law said. And so that gives us some insight as to why, as Peter was taken during this time period, that, that why he did not immediately kill him. Now, As I go through all of this, I want you just to keep in mind a couple of things. These are just some background details, and certainly there's a lot more that you can say about this man. This just kind of touches the surface. There's a lot more that you could say about this man. Why is all this important? Number one, it's important because as we read the book of Acts, Luke gives us just a tremendous amount of information about people, about events, about places, about destinations. We're going to read in Acts 13 the the journeys of Paul and all the different places that he went. All of those are important. The cities, the towns, the water that he's on, all of that is important. All these places, don't bypass that. It's very important to understand that all of these details are very significant. Secondly, we just need to be reminded that Luke, everything that he said was accurate and true. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit, all right? And so as we think about what he said later on about this man being eaten by worms, we need to know that, look, everything Luke has set up to this point is correct and accurate and true. And there shouldn't be any problem with believing all the things that he has said or will say in this text. And while we don't need outside sources, it is interesting seeing that outside sources just demonstrate what we already have and know to be true. That what we have indeed is the very word of God and that we have these accurate accounts and details concerning men like Herod. Now, let's go to the event itself. When you continue on in uh, Acts chapter 12, let's just kind of walk our way through what happened here. We already spent time, so we're not going to go back and look at the release of Peter. Although, what is interesting, I was thinking about this, remember what happened. Maybe we should go back. Yeah, we're going to go back. Sometimes that happens, like in the middle of like a thought, you just like go somewhere else. Uh, we're going to go back. Remember what happened with Peter. Peter was in prison. Guards all around him. An angel comes in releases the chains, walks them through. The gate of the city city opens up by itself. Peter realizes, I know all of this has happened. Now, somebody can read that and can say, well, come on, did that really happen? Well, what's interesting is this. Look at verse 18. Now, when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and had not found him, if none of that happened, what's Herod doing? He's searching for him because something did happen. 
If none of that happened, the wise Herod trying to search for him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. Why is he killing these men if nothing really happened? We know that these events that took place, those events, it really did happen. Those events did happen. And so as you look at these events here, we see that, number one, Peter escapes. The guards are killed. Herod's upset, and so he kills those guards. You continue on reading in Acts chapter 12. Uh, Look at the next verse here in verse number 20. It says, Now he was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and with one accord they came to him, and having one over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's soldier. So we see here now Herod is angry with these individuals here. And by the way, notice what Luke has, has given us here. He's talking about real places and real individuals. Tyre and Sidon, these were prominent. Phoenician cities of the of the Mediterranean coast and so he's given us all of these details for a reason this stuff isn't made up we have all of these in, uh, uh, details for us to truly understand and know that these events really did happen and verse 21 we see that on an appointed day Herod put on royal apparel listen to this on an appointed day Herod having put on his royal apparel took his seat on, on the rostrum and began delivering an address to them So we see that Herod one day, he's standing before a crowd of people. He's going to put on his royal apparel. He's going to make an address. He addressed the people, and they would respond in a terrible, wicked way. They kept crying out in verse number 22, the voice of a God and not of a man. That was a problem there, number one, a voice of a God. He's no God, but they're crying out to him saying, a voice of a God and not of a man. And what we find here in the Bible, it says in verse 23, and immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. Why? Because he did not give God the glory. This man may have had great power, and he may have killed James, but he was no match for God. He wasn't more powerful than God, and he was certainly not a God. And these individuals were calling him and saying that he had a voice of a God and not of a man, and we find that he was struck by an angel, and he would die. Now, I'm saying all of this because I want you to notice something. I'm going to read this here to you. Josephus gives an account of all of these events as well about, about Agrippa I. It says, On the second day of which shows he put on a garment made wholly of silver and of a contexture truly wonderful and came into the theater early in the morning at which time the silver of his garment being, being illuminated by the fresh reflection of the sun's ray upon it shone after a surprising manner. It was so resplendent as to spread a horror over those that looked intently upon him. And presently his flatterers cried, one from one place and another from another, and I like this part here, not for his good, and that certainly was the case, that he was a god. Well, isn't that interesting? Josephus wasn't a Christian, and yet he's recording, it sounds just like Luke, doesn't it? Luke was telling us the truth, guys. All these events that happened with Herod, Luke was giving us the exact truth. And again, we don't need Josephus to verify or to to be totally confident. But it is pretty powerful to see this outside source. Upon this, the king did neither rebuke him nor reject. He didn't reject their flattery. He didn't reject this. And what do we have back in Acts chapter 12 and verse number 23? And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And so when you think about what's going on here, all Luke has given us, he's given us the exact details about what happened and how it happened and why it happened. 
So the people kept crying out the voice of a God and not of a man, and immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms. What else is interesting when you continue to read in the antiquities of the Jews with what Josephus said regarding this, he said a severe pain also arose in his belly and began in a most violent manner. And I thought that was interesting as well. Luke tells us exactly what happens, that an angel struck him immediately. And I, this was Herod speaking, who was by you called immortal and immediately to be hurried away by death. And when he had been quite worn out by the pain in his belly for five days, he departed this life. What we have here in the word of God and the event that took place here, my friends, is that this man really did die. He died the way that Luke said that he died. This man was, uh, this man was uh, inflicted or struck by an angel because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and he died. And so when you look at Acts chapter 12, what Acts chapter 12 is helping us to see is that what we have here, well, it teaches us a lot. It teaches us a lot about God, number one, and not giving glory and honor to God. But we are reminded about something else. Brothers and sisters, we are reminded that what we have in this book, it really is true. That what we have here, we have the exact truth. These are not made-up stories. These are not made-up people. These are not made-up places. These are not made-up events. What God has given us, it is the truth and nothing but the truth. Luke tells us the what, the why, and the how with respect to how this man died. So let me tell you again why this is important and what we need to do with all of this information. As you go through your Bible reading, you're going to find out, you're going to, find, you're going to be given so much more information by Luke and all the details about the missionary trips of Paul and all the different leaders that he's going to interact with and the different places that he's going to go to. So this is why this is going to be important. It's important because Luke gives us the exact details of of leaders in the first century, but not just leaders, but details about countries and events in the first century. And his words, we need to remember, his words are inspired. One of the texts that I really love is found in 1 Timothy chapter 5. When you turn over there in 1 Timothy chapter 5, as Paul was writing to Timothy, we find here Paul referencing the writings of Luke as being scripture. And 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, or verse number 18 actually, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 18, listen to what Paul says here. He said, for the scripture says... You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. He's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verse 4. Then he quotes from another passage of scripture, the laborer is worthy of his wages. He's quoting from Luke chapter 10 and verse number 7. Well, Luke, if he was inspired as he wrote the book of Luke, we can also be confident that what we have in the book of Acts, my friend, is the exact truth, that he was inspired as well as he wrote this. And so as we do our Bible reading, know for sure that what you are reading is the truth. And that you can be confident that what God has given us indeed is true. Luke's words are true. And his words, this is what I think is powerful as well. If you want to check his words, people can do that. You can do that. If you want to see, did this man Herod or Agrippa I, did he really live? Was he, was he really living during this time? You can go and check. Luke has nothing to hide when it comes to the events, the details that he gives in his writing. And so sometimes individuals do have questions. Well, I don't know if that, I don't know if I really believe that to be true. Well, you can go back and you can check. Now, ultimately, the standard is always God's word. 
Ultimately, the standard is always God's word. And so we need to trust that what he has given us in this book indeed is true. Words can be checked. They can be verified. And what Luke wrote, all the details concerning Herod, Agrippa I, what he said about him, about the angel. And if an angel could release Peter from prison, then an angel could also struck him as well. All of these events, they took place, and we need to believe them to be true. Sometimes people may ask, ah, did that event really did happen? Did that event really happen? The answer to that is yes. What we have in this book is true. I want you to think about this. What we have about Herod is true. What we have about Peter is true. What we have about Blastus the Chamberlain is true. What we have about Tyre and Sidon is true. What we have about Rhoda and the saints and James the Apostle being murdered, all true. Brothers and sisters, friends, what we have about Jesus is true. What Luke wrote about Jesus, his birth, his early years, his miracles, his ministry, his death, all of that, my friend, is true. And we need to believe what he has said, what all these men have said concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Of Nazareth. And Luke chapter 23, and Luke chapter 23 and verse number 46, listen to what Luke said here concerning Jesus. And Luke chapter 23 and verse number 46, listen to what Jesus, or Luke said here concerning Jesus. The Bible says, and Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, and to your hands, I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Luke says, Jesus really died on the cross. We need to believe that. That's what happened. He really died on the cross. Islam says he didn't die on the cross. That's not true. Luke said that he did die on the cross. We need to believe that to be true. And verse number 52, the Bible says, This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever lain. It was a preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. Now the women who had come with him out of Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes. And on the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. All the details about his death, his body being taken off the cross, laid in a tomb, all of those, my friends, that really did happen. You know what else happened? On the first day of the week, after three days, three days and three nights, Jesus rose from the grave. But on the first day of the week, chapter 24 and verse 1, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in, in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living, among, the living one among the dead? He is not here. He, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. You see, everything Luke says, it is true. 
because he was guided by the Holy Spirit. All of these details, all of these events, we can be confident about them. Because all of these things are true, what we need to make sure that we continue to do is make sure that we continue to trust in our Savior. Make sure that we continue to trust and read what we have in this book. We're not reading fairy tales. We're not reading make-believe stories. What we are reading is factual, is fact. It actually happened. Let's make sure that we take it to heart. And let's make sure that we believe the exact truth. Let's make sure that we stand upon this exact truth. How are we going to handle the word of God? Let's handle it very carefully. And let's trust what God has given us. Because what we have, it is the exact truth. Thank you for your attention this morning. Maybe there's someone here who's been studying the truth. Studying and you have come to determine that what's in this book, it is the exact truth. What are you going to do now? How are you going to respond to the truth? Well, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Do you believe that to be true? Jesus said that. And these men who wrote, who, who wrote these words, they weren't just writing things down. They were men guided by the Holy Spirit. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. We need to believe all of that. We need to make sure that we respond the proper way. If you need to respond by being saved today by the blood of Jesus, by believing in him and being baptized, now is your time as we stand and as we sing.